Ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world, welcome to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max. Thank you, Mystery. Thank you, you. as always. Welcome, everybody. We're never going to give you a clapping sound effect, though. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's going to be your thing from now on. You're going to clap. I'm going to say thank you, and we'll move on. We should start, put some booze in there. I'm sorry. Every so episode, we'll call attention to it. That's a boo. So actually, I want to talk, uh, get right into it uh, this week because there's a kind of a, for lack of a better term, topical topic. This just happened. Uh, have you heard of uh, astronaut Kathy Sullivan? I figured you might have even... She's been all over the news lately, so I figured you might have known about it. Kathy Earlier before in our pre-show, I said, oh, this might be a topic you already know about. Uh, I don't know the name. Okay. Well, she made headlines a long time ago because she was the first American woman to walk in space. She's an astronaut. Hmm. But uh, now, recently, she's actually been the first woman to dive into the Challenger Deep, which is the, the lowest part of the Marianas Trench. Oh, okay. So did she break some records by being the deepest into the earth and the farthest away from the earth. You know what's funny? That's kind of what I was thinking too. She's basically, she's only, she's the only person who's ever done this. So that's kind of it right there. Like she's the first person to have done a spacewalk and get to the lowest point in the ocean. And that's kind of all they're saying, but I was having the same huh. thought too. Like she's, she's literally experienced the, the, the extremes of space and the, the lowest part. So her, the difference between that point, I don't know what you'd call that, the, However, that big that space is, she's traveled the most away from Earth and into Earth, into, into, this, into <laughs> Earth, yeah, or something. So, uh, why did she do it? Uh, just... There's gold down there, and she's like, "I want it." Uh huh. Uh huh. I want it. I think she just did it to did it. I mean, I don't know all the particulars of like what her motivations were. I mean, there were. I guess there was doing some science shit too. Honestly, like I didn't really read the, all these articles. Were all just like, "Oh, she did it." They weren't like, "Oh, they were studying deep space telemetry or whatever down there." But it, it's kind of rare people go down there, which is kind of interesting because um, this article was talking about how over 574 people from over 40 nations have gone to space okay. versus only – I think it said eight people ever have cha- have traveled to the Challenger Deep. Well, I've, I've always championed the idea of exploring deep oceans. Like we're all about the skies and I think we need to be a little more internal and conscious of what's down there. Because, I mean, who knows what untold resources are just sitting there waiting to be scooped up or used. God, the ocean scares me more than space ever would. I'd rather get launched into space with no bearing than just being launched into the ocean with no bearing. Holy shit. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Um, Well, I thought this was really cool, too, just because, um, I mean, not to say she's old, but she is 68, which is, you know, not the youngest ever but still she's still like doing like breaking records and doing stuff and then i think going forward since you know i don't know i think in our past people think that's like an old age but as we get older we're kind of starting to realize you know people getting healthier and technology keeping us alive longer that you, you can almost have like a second or third life and keep pretty much exploring oceans and yeah 40 achievements and things like that 40 is the new 30 and 100 that's years ago so. 20 30 was the new 20 or but I'll I'll end with this on this quote of hers. I thought it was really funny, but uh, here's what she said. She's like, if you're looking for that absolutely glorious picture postcard view, space wins it every time. But if you want to be dazzled beyond anything you can imagine about the variety and abundance of life on Earth, go to the sea. How much do you see on a trip to the bottom of the sea? (laughs) 
I don't know. I, well, for, actually, it sounds like every time you go down there, you discover like three new species. <laughs> so, uh, that's, it's like, oh, and you can name them practically. It isn't like whoever discovered them gets to name them too. And they're all like bioluminescent and half the time down there too. So you can, <laughs> probably don't even need lights, but they have a bunch of lights and shit. Well, I got another story here about the bottom of the sea if you're interested. Yes. So in 2000, Under the sea. this is actually Under an older the story. Sea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you want, I can. I can let you keep keep saying it. I don't know the rest of the lyrics, actually. So I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in 2013, a ship capsized and trapped a man underwater for 60 hours. I know about this. There's a video. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, I a long time ago. That was a trip. I heard about this. Yeah. I just recently stumbled on this story, and uh, it grabbed me because I, I just had kind of several scientific questions about it. Like, uh-huh. how did someone survive underwater for 60 hours in an air bubble without running out of oxygen? And, you know, how... For sure. Blah, blah, blah. And so... Um, There's, like, dead people floating around him, too. Yeah. <laughs> he said he could hear the fish eating the people, the corpses. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did. What? Yeah. He, he should have gotten in on black, And so that's what he's listening to in Pitch Black Darkness. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? Oh, jeez. So... Uh, his name is Harrison O'Keen, and he's a cook serving aboard the Jackson 4. And I, I like this personally. He was on the toilet when the ship capsized. Safest place on the ship, baby. If that's not going to make you poop, I don't know what will. So, <laughs> Oh, that sucks. You had to be with that, too. Yeah. Well, Fuck the dead bodies and the fish. Oh, there's some poop in the water, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, he, it says here he was swept into an adjacent bathroom. So... You know, maybe fortune was on his side Another when it's one. like, we're going to take you away from your poop and put you in this other poop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep him away from the poop. Give him this nice, clean area. <laughs> Still toilets and bathtubs and stuff. So over 60 hours, he only had a bottle of Coke to survive on, which, man, I don't know. Bottle of Coke. But 60 hours? I think you could do what it. What an a advertisement Coke. for Coke. I know, right? What an advertisement. Dude, I would have... I would have saved it, and then when I just think I'm like about to run out of energy, I would have chugged it for the energy, and then just made a swim. Made a swim for it. How how deep is he? I don't I don't know the specifics. Do he you have that information? Thirty meters underwater. Goddamn meters! What does that mean in in, <laughs> in American? Uh, <laughs> is that basically I'm trying to figure out? Is that something you can just be like <gasps> and go just blow it out and do it, or is that just like a thirty meters thing? is ninety eight point four feet? Hmm. Yeah, that's too deep. Unless you're James Bond or something. Going, I don't know. It probably is. I'm sure it is. I'm so ignorant of that shit. I don't know. But at the same time, I would have done this. I would have probably done that. So, but he, he was smart, and just chilling. Yeah. So uh, they say he survived because um, the water was giving him oxygen. So refilling uh, his bubble with oxygen. But what? What? Yeah. So phytoplankton creates oxygen. The ocean, phytoplankton creates more oxygen than all of the trees on the planet. So the ocean is the main supplier to oxygen of oxygen to the planet. Trees get trees get a lot of the credit, but you know it's the phytoplankton. I, I thought he just had a bubble that he breathed for sixty hours. It was actually giving him oxygen. Well, yeah, I mean he had a bubble to breathe for sixty hours, but they say that uh, the ocean was helping restore the oxygen wow. to the bubble. Oh wow. Dang, we gotta use this technology to live under the water. Then Jesus, if you just like make a bubble and then it just it just gives you oxygen, why can't we just make underwater living rooms and stuff? 
I don't know. I don't think it works that efficiently. He also survived because his movements uh, weren't that large. He wasn't expelling a lot of energy or oxygen. Because, yeah, the water would have been taking away energy from him. Yes. Too, because he was, like, submerged. So after, I think, uh, three days here, divers were sent in to look for bodies. Three days? Yeah. That's about 60 hours, yeah. Sent in to look for bodies, and... um, he he saw them and heard them, but he was too tired to reach out to them until one came by him, and then he grabbed him by the arm. God, and the guy shit his pants and started stabbing him. And Well, you guys know how this ends, right? You guys read the story? The diver had a heart attack, and Harrison used his scuba equipment to get to safety. That's bullshit. No, it, it's not. It is bullshit. So Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> get out of here with that shit. Boom. Not in my house. Slam dunk that shit away. No, he was uh he was rescued and he spent forty eight hours in a uh, decompression chamber. Because at that depth, uh you're breathing in a lot of nitrogen and nitrogen bubbles in the in the bloodstream negative effects bends blah 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 his dick must have been one inch or some shit right like by the end of it all that shrinkage <laughs> just for so long it probably took like a week for it to grow back to normal i mean personally that would fucking suck i think i'd deal with the whole dick thing if uh if i got through it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no every yeah every five hours i'm in my journal like my dick shrunk another inch today <laughs> not today <laughs> within the next five hours at this rate, I won't have one left by the time I, by the time I get rescued. <laughs> well, speaking of treasure, dun dun dun. I don't actually. We I guess you didn't really speak about treasure at all. I guess the treasure is human life. So you were speaking about treasure anyway. You spoke about a story about tre- treasure in your first story. No, I didn't. I talked about that lady. I know you said something about treasure. I did. I do. Anyway, man, we're trying to work on our transitions and. This is the best one yet. Um, <laughs> so here's a story about a treasure. So I think we've talked about this in person. I'm not sure if we ever talked about it in any of our various four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Wow. Okay. So so we both have it now. So Sean, okay, audience, Sean just showed me that as I was about to tell him about the story, he just folded up a piece of paper. So, so hit me with the story. One of these. Okay. Well, you probably know all about it now. Too I do. So <laughs> it's about Forrest Fenn. He's a former art and antiquities dealer who in 2010, he hid a box of treasure somewhere in the Rocky Mountains and wrote a poem with nine clues leading to its hiding place. And I swear it's something we've talked about. So maybe that's why you did follow up on it. Yeah, because he hid it back in 2010, right? Yeah, we've been basically podcasting. Yeah. Since that time, if not earlier. <laughs> But it's, it's kind of been a really cool – like every time I hear this story, I'm always like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool to discover it? But it sounds like if you read more about these articles that it was kind of a big uh, like hullabaloo if you if you really – for lack of a better term because like five people died looking for the treasure. Um, there's been a bunch of other people doing basically stupid shit like just big digging up Yellowstone and digging under cultural artifacts and things and just causing all sorts of trouble because of this treasure. Uh-huh. But – and so the reason he did it actually is because he got a, a – he was diagnosed with cancer, and they said it was terminal. And so he wanted to do this, so it would, um, for the purpose of creating a public search for it. And then in 2000, I think it said, basically later on, they said you're not going to die anymore. So he just like left it out there. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I I love the idea of all of that. And do we know who found it? No. 
No. So yeah, someone found it finally after ten years. They finally found it, and he says there's proof because the guy sent him a picture and like talked to him like like personally type of deal. But no, they it's um it's an unknown dude. It's an unknown dude for good reasons. Honestly, it's almost like winning the lottery too. If, if people all of a sudden figure out you you just found a million dollar thing, they're gonna you know want a piece. But I was I was reading more into it. It's even more crazy too. Like if it's on the right person's land, if you discover someone, but it's something that's on someone's land, they really own. It really belongs to them. Oh, wow. Let's say he found a million dollars, right? Now he has to pay almost half of that in the taxes because that's still some thing he has to do. Plus, now he found it on someone else's land or something, so he has to like like hire lawyers to get keep the treasure. So this treasure that, in theory, this person could have found could also be a whole big mess of problems. So that's almost why people, if they do find such treasures, they just don't tell anyone about it. Well, I mean, yeah, and – I, I live in an apartment and if I go treasure hunting and all of a sudden I find a million dollars worth of goodies, I, I can't imagine I would want that anywhere near my apartment. I don't want my name out there. Like that'd be crazy because it, it's like stumbling across a fortune and not being prepared for it. Pretty much you have to find the treasure and then immediately go bury it again somewhere else. Well, that's what he said, too. He was like, he suggested uh, on the website, Mr. Finn, he suggested that um, you can either, you know, do whatever you want with the treasure. Here are some good places to sell it. Um, but he was like, or you can bury it and keep the legend alive. Yeah, fuck you, Mr. Finn. <laughs> like, no one's going <laughs> to do that. I know who's going to do that shit. Although I was reading some people were saying, like, because some of the articles said two million, some of them said one million. And then that one article that was talking about all the the back end stuff of bullshit. Like there's some lady suing them, the guy who found it supposedly and Fen. Cause really? she's saying she, yeah. Cause she found the code and that guy followed her supposedly who got this treasure. Well, that so she's sense. trying to sue them for some bullshit reason or whatever. Um, do, 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 do. But yeah, someone was saying that the, maybe like you find the treasure and just take like basically handfuls of it and just leave the rest. So that no one really knows you found it. It still counts as like the treasure was there. So then you almost get away with just, a little bit of money versus if you like take the whole thing and then say, Oh, I found it. Then it almost goes all away. Fuck that. Take the treasure. <laughs> take the fucking treasure. Actually, did you read about the box? That's actually one thing I thought you would have been really interested in is the treasure box. Oh no. What, what was it? Okay. No. So the treasure chest was said to be a bronze box estimated to have been forged in the 12th century. Ooh. The chest features a bronze construction with a wood liner and locking front clasp. And according to Fenn, it weighed about 22 pounds, and it was 10 by 10 by 5 inches. And the chest features scenes and reliefs with knights scaling walls on ladders and maidens above throwing flowers down on them. So it sounds kind of like a bad, like, badass chest, like the 12th century. So some bronze treasure chest that's just been sitting out in the Rockies for 10 years. It sounds like it's just been sitting out. It wasn't, like, buried or anything. Damn. That's crazy. I didn't know the uh, – I, I would have assumed it would have been some, like – weatherproof lockbox or something, but he straight up just treasure chested that thing. <laughs> he put it like in a treasure chest made of salt. So it just got rained and melts away. And the treasure just <laughs> gets eaten by coyotes and there's nothing left. <laughs> the article I read here said, um, an estimated 350,000 people have looked for this thing. Oh, I believe it. Right? I mean, it's, it's that classical lure, right? Of just like, if I find the treasure, I'll, Changed my life forever. There were also stories of uh, people dying while trying to find the treasure. Yeah, no, five of them. Five people died. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
So there are there any other active treasures out there right now, I wonder? Because we heard about um, this guy, but... I didn't go down the rabbit hole too much on this, actually, because I was... Although one of the articles had a link to some old... It was called... It was like some hoard. It was, they called it like a treasure hoard of 2013. Like someone found that. And that's why they were talking about all the weird legal shit that goes into it, where it's almost... It's almost not worth finding the fucking thing because of all the shit you have to go through to keep it. Or if you do find it, you just gotta shut the fuck up and just take uh, it and, and melt out, melt it into bars or, so, or rings or something, and then just, oh, I found them. I don't know. Even then, you have to be like, I found them on my land. <laughs> but I like how people are calling it bullshit. They're like, ah, it's all bullshit to make, to like, because he wrote books and shit about it. Yes. And it's, it's just, there's no proof that it was ever existed, and there's no proof that someone found it. People are just saying, this is all one big giant hoax. Wow. I wonder. That's kind of interesting. It could be in theory. That's what's kind of weird about it. It's like in theory, you could have made the whole thing up and there's no proof either way. Huh? I like, but, but I don't think so. Just because again, that one article made this whole big, I can't remember what the reason was. Honestly, it was like, like some, like a friend of a friend of a friend who, who dealt with some other treasure told him about this one. So some guy in the treasure community, like let him know like, Oh yeah, this guy did find it. <laughs> the treasure community. Do you start well, out you know with the real, what? Yeah, what was that? Do you start out with a uh, metal detector in the treasure community? Is that like your first step? If you don't have sure. a metal detector, they, you know, what are you doing here? That's level one treasure hunting. Uh, That's all like all the saps. Like, look at this noob over here. Doesn't even follow like clues from maps and shit. He's just looking blind. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> but we all know what the real treasure is, is the friendships you find along the way, right? That's it. That's it. That's what I assume what's in there, right? Just like it's like his his sixth book. If you open the treasure, just like my latest book. This is this is worth a lot of money too. Just you also write a, a treasure a book about a treasure, and then you too will make money. Isn't that um, essentially the moral to the story of like it's a mad, 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 mad world and rat race and the treasure of the Sierra Madre? It's all about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, it's like Voyager. Voyager, yeah, for sure. Star it's just Trek like Voyager. Voyager. Man. It's all about the journey than the destination, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Voyager. Just like Voyager. Well, I got a fun story here for you. Have you do you guys uh do you guys buy or eat bananas or strawberries? Yeah. Not bananas, but strawberries, yeah. I don't really like I like banana bread, but I don't like bananas by themselves. Well, as you know. Those two items have a shelf life of, you know, all but an hour after you bring them home from the grocery store. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Turn around and they're they're done. They're mushy. Um, pretty much. They pretty much die on, on the, when you're buying them. Yeah. And so there's a new there's a new technology by an MIT startup. Uh, they've devised a method for coating food in silk, which could increase its shelf life. Yeah. Hmm. Ponder that hmm. for a second. When he first started, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna say gel or something gross or wax," and that's that but silk is a fabric, so that that doesn't gross me out. If you just, it's like it's like putting a sweater on a banana to keep it <laughs> alive longer, like a silk sweater, something like that. So through as long a, as it's not a gel or something, that sounds gross. Well, I, I, okay, so through a proprietary process, they refine the silk into a tasteless, odorless. And more or less uh, imperceptible barrier. So you don't tasteless. know it's there. Tasteless, odorless. So you can eat it. Well, I guess a banana you don't really eat the skin anyway, so that'd be fine. But a strawberry, you do eat the skin, so you'd be eating the silk stuff. Yeah. But it's tasteless and it's odorless. 
And as far as they know, it's non-toxic. Doesn't mean it's good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, it's like micro silks <laughs> build up in your heart. Uh-huh. But uh, so with this new method, they say foods can last up to 200% longer. So now you got what? Well, now you got three what hours on those bananas. Soul, the soul of the strawberry is 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 killed in this process. You're eating, you're eating shirts. <laughs> you're eating biomaterial. We drink milk, and I guess silk is a biomaterial. When I hear silk, I think of like a, you know, sexy pair of boxers I wear. Right. I don't sexy. want to think about eating my boxers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean this is a this is a great thing because one third of all food produced goes to waste, and ten percent of the planet's population is starving. Apparently, according to the numbers. No, that is always the biggest deal. Like that's why we need transportation technology. Mm-hmm. You can like eat half a sandwich and then just send it to some kid in Ethiopia, the other half. Well, that's what they're saying. Effectively, the crust could make the trip. <laughs> really. <laughs> So it's already been funded by tons of interested parties like uh, Bill Gates and, uh, you know, just a bunch of crap. I and if it would smell. Would it smell like strawberries? Wouldn't it not smell? It sounds like it's almost like sealing it in to the point that it's just sealed like a baggie. I think it like mummifies it to a degree. So maybe it wouldn't smell. I mean, I'm sure if you cut it in half, it would smell. And the whole point yeah. is like you'd be once you start eating it, it would taste like a strawberry. But the very first like breaking the membrane i don't know i'm wondering if that would like be perceptible and that taste weird or or supposedly or maybe, i wonder if you can even you know tell it's there i if, don't if you didn't tell anyone would you be able to tell i absolutely think you'd be able to it'd be like eating cheerios and then knockoff cheerios you know what i mean there there's a difference there no matter how many yeah. times your mom tells you there isn't there's a difference yeah. That bitch is lying. We all know it. Goddamn right. So uh, I'm guessing there'd be some film on it. You know, you'd, you'd bite in and th- there'd just be a different texture layer there. There has like, to be. It's like turning your, turning your strawberry into like a grape. You know, I have to like kind of pierce that grape skin a little bit. Like, and yeah. all of a sudden you're, you think of a strawberry kind of just goes in. Now it's like, oh, a crisp strawberry. The banana makes sense. But then it makes sense because it's it's just a coating anyway that you just, you just take the peel off and the, the inner bananas, whatever. Yes. So that all makes sense. But the strawberry is like you're you're eating that motherfucker. I mean, I guess apples have wax. I mean, if we're being kind of ignorant, but uh, isn't technically apples have wax on them. I, I do know that. Like but ducks. I grew up on that stuff. New things scare me. <laughs> uh, so out of all the stories we bring here about future tech and whatnot, this I think is one of the most accessible because it's already being funded. They're already trying to get it in like FDA tests and whatnot. So this should be hitting the markets relatively soon, relative to our usual stories that uh, yeah you we'll won't see for another twenty lifetime. years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like pretty much my next one. It's <laughs> never gonna happen. All right, hit me with your impossibility. Yeah, this next one's kind of is. I just like the idea behind it more, and, and like the article does go into like a lot of detail, like, oh no, it's scaling up, man, we got this. But you know, they always say that shit. Uh-huh. But the idea behind it is basically it's like more wireless charging technology. So I feel like we've talked about it in the past that like there used to be. I remember talking about it. There was a room they set up that everything was charged wirelessly, and, th- and they can like charge things wirelessly, just but it's like not very far. Okay. And we also know you can charge like cell phones now wireless wirelessly too, but. 
I think one of the first stories to... we did on here was about um, wire wirelessly sending electricity across a laser. I think that was one of my stories. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I do remember that. They now. powered like a this coffee is... pot and some yeah. phones or whatever. This one's more about like waves. It's like oscillating waves. I'll, I'll, I'll read you the whole paragraph that we will understand in a minute. But <laughs> what's cool about this is they're trying to get it to work while something's moving. Because currently the technology works when you're charging your cell phone just on a plate. You just put it down on the plate and it has to not move. It moves. It fucks up the charging. But they're thinking they can start getting things like you can actually move the cell phone as it's being like sent energy or picking up energy. Fun. And that can be a way like in the future. So they're saying if this technology, you know, if it keeps continuing this way. Maybe they could build roads that would charge your car, your electric car the whole time you're driving it. Oh, jeez! In the future, that's very cool. That's like, um, I, I guess the new age version of a transcontinental railroad. You know, somewhere in the middle of the nation, those two electric roads will meet. Yeah, I mean, of course, it would take a you know, a fuck ton of infrastructure, of course, yeah. you know, so it's never going to, you know, happen at all, of course. But so just the <laughs> idea that it's kind of formulating and kind of coming into light is really cool. And so here, I'll, I'll kind of give you a brief of the idea behind it. Again, try to follow. I don't get it. So it's called, so wireless, wireless electricity transfers relies on uh, generating oscillating magnetic fields that can then cause electrons in a conductor to also oscillate at a particular frequency. But however, that frequency is messed up when it's moved. So what these guys did, they adjusted the resonating frequency coming from the charger as the device moves around. Ha! Huh. <laughs> Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. But what's cool about this is, is in 2017 they said um, they were able to like get something, give something only 10% of the power while it was moving. But now they've shot that efficiency up to 92%. So it's really is scaling up the idea of like how much they can actually send energy to something while it's moving. And so this article pretty much is more about it, kind of an excitement piece about getting excited at the idea that maybe this could be a, a reality one day. But of course, we're still like far off, I feel, so for this actually to be a practicality. Did they mention anything about the distance at which the electricity is being sent? Well, right now it said 26 inches. So that's not oh, far okay. at all. And then it, but then it's like the researchers say that there's no reason why it can't be quickly scaled up. So I think that means as far as like and it says right now it can transfer 10 watts of power across 26 inches inches. But they're thinking they can scale it up and do longer distances, but I think the whole point is like almost building that stuff everywhere so that it's just constantly charging shit as you're walking around. Oh, like if, if you had a cell phone and, all, and like you had like a charging state like a couple charging I don't know whatever the fucks around your house. In theory, it would never go dull, right? It would just be charging the whole time you're in your house, even if you're moving, sitting down. Well, I'm wondering, would this thing just be spitting out electricity the whole time? Or is it only spitting out electricity when it has a receiver? Because otherwise, I mean, you're going to waste a shit ton of power. It's like leaving the faucet on, essentially. That I don't know as far as... Again, we kind of read that paragraph about how it how it generates power, and I was. It sounds like again, maybe the waves have to be working to generate the power. So maybe it's one of those things like it's on, but if your things isn't in, I don't know, for lack of a better term, charging mode. Yeah, maybe it doesn't. I'm guessing otherwise they're conscious of that. <laughs> maybe exactly. I have no idea. Like exactly, it's probably it's, again, it's one of those things where it's so it's probably really inefficient right now. But when they get all those kinks worked out. That'd be pretty nice. And oh, another uh, potential use they're talking about is 
basically like again in the future where you have like robots on the factory floor it could just like hover it could either just be always on or it just has to like char- go over like a little mat somewhere and just kind of charge up really quick and then just go back to like what it's doing or they talked about a drone like if a drone's on for, for i don't know why it's on this huge trek but maybe it could just hover over like a building uh, like a roof that's like has this energy thing <laughs> pushing out energy really quick and then charge up really quick and then just keep going for for whatever reason if you if you just have to have drones that all you know in the future when all the drones rise up and kill us they're going to be powered by all those the street lights you mark my words mark them yeah i want you that drone technology to be a little more refined the idea of like you you have to take your drone and fly it over these buildings to charge it up. It's like, why not just fucking land it, change the battery, and send it up again? <laughs> like, what's the fucking... Well, that's kind of what they were saying. Like, you wouldn't have to, like, refuel or recharge as much because it could almost recharge on the go as it's passing the stuff. Because so yeah. far, all the charging things that we have, you pretty much need to... Unless you have a cord on your cell phone, it needs to stay right there while it's charging. Especially wirelessly. But that that's starting to be a thing of the past. I always wonder what Tesla would think of all this stuff. He'd call us amateurs, man. He 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 like beam energy like miles. Uh, see, did he though? Did he? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna say yeah, yeah. That's, I don't that's fucking know. That is a myth, right? It, it's it's fact or rumor. Mystery, mystery. You have to become a test. Can you oh become a Tesla God. expert? <laughs> <laughs> he beamed. You tell me what you want to know, Chief. I got it all up here. Did did Tesla beam? And I, I swear he's beam energy miles away. That and that's the whole thing. Because I mean, besides the time machine, he also invented. Let's not get into that. Jeez. He 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 definitely beam energy like miles away. A feat we still haven't done. It was something to do with the atmosphere, if I remember right, too. He he because there's there's energy just flowing around the atmosphere, and he somehow harvested it. Yes, yes, Mister. Tesla's biggest dream was to find a way to beam limitless power directly through the air. Over the course of his life, he managed to develop a number of devices that could transmit electric energy wirelessly. But there was a lack of funding limiting his research. Ah! Well, no idea on the, on the distance, though, yet. See, because I swear he did it a f- super far. And I know it has something to do with the atmosphere and the ionization of the atmosphere. Somehow he's harvesting that and, like, collecting it. Interesting. I know enough to, to know nothing, pretty much. Oh, Max, I meant to mention this off air, but fuck it. Um... <laughs> oh, I like it already. <laughs> have you been? Uh, have you watched uh, the Netflix series uh, Space Force? I haven't yet. I've heard good things though, so I do plan on watching it. What but about you, Mystery? I have, but not completely yet. Okay, because I know probably the first four or five episodes. I know you're both fans of The Office. Yes, yeah. and Steve Carell uh, transition yeah. to this comedy. It's a it's like The Office, but in space, but a little less kooky, I guess. Yeah. It takes a few episodes to catch its stride. Yeah. So yeah, some people actually have heard. You know, I'm always on Imager and Reddit and stuff, and so the I actually heard a lot of like shit talk for a while, and then now it's kind of like evening out where people are like, oh, those are just like people who who are pisses in the office. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Because I finished it. I liked it. I'm looking forward to season two. Good stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. I agree. From what I've seen so far, I'm enjoying it as well. No, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's easy. I watched uh, that uh, Justice League Dark Annihilate. What was it called? End, uh, End- Annihilation or Endgame? Or- Apocalypse War. Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. That was pretty good. Sean's been trying to get me to watch that forever, and I finally did. Oh, that was epic. I love that movie. I'm actually doing a rewatch of that whole animated universe right now. Oh, so really? Can, uh, yeah, watch no, they, it again. They do a great job. Yeah, there's like 15 movies spider. that lead up to that one movie. Anyways... 
Hold on. I'm being attacked by something. It is a spider. That is crazy. How's it following Dude, that's how they do it. No, it's like they they use the wind. Fucking pieces of shit, dude. Like they look like flies. They look like (laughs) flies, right? Because they they fly around. But no, they're on their little butt string and they sit there and the little the, the wind blows them around so then they you think they're a fly and then as soon as you get close to it to fly it it's a spider you know it's funny shit i read a story a while Sorry, ago everyone. i didn't uh pick it up but the headline was effectively um why spiders shoot out that little thing that piece of silk or web and float around it's not that the web catches the air they float some other way. And I don't remember because I didn't read enough what? about the article, but it's it was some other thing. Oh, man. No, man. It's like spider season lately. And so my house, that's like the maybe the third one this week where all of a sudden I'll be sitting there and I see like a, just a – you think it's like a fly in your house. Like, oh, what the fuck? Let me just kind of sw- swat this fly away. As you get close, you see that it's just not a fly and it's just – it's ever so lightly connected with its butt string on <laughs> this little, little wind thing. It's just kind of – it's just floating out into the universe. It's actually kind of amazing <laughs> on some level. It's like, can you imagine just like shooting out some web that's like floating into like abyss, like miles of abyss and just hold, like wherever you land. Like, I guess I live here now. Okay. So back to ba- Space Force here. Yeah. Back to some <laughs> real shit. Uh, so after watching the show and whatnot, I got curious and I found this story about the real U.S. Space Force with the logo that looks suspiciously a lot like uh, the Delta from Star Trek. Star Trek's Federation. Yeah. That's like the best thing Trump's done is a Space Force thing. That is kind of it is kind of cool. The idea like the Space Force, although the name is lame. I wish there was some other. I don't know what, what makes a cool name, but just Space Force sounds weird to your ears. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it would be good. What would be a good name, though? Here's a little history about Space Force. Uh, they've kind of existed since 1982. Really? Yeah, they've been a division of the Air Force. And Dude, Space Force is Stargate. I've been saying it, but it basically is. So anyway. And so what Trump did was in 2020, he separated uh, Space Force from the Air Force and made it its own military branch. That's all. That's all that really happened. It's existed, but now it's its own entity. And that's recently, like space law. Ever since we went to space, there's been space law. Right? I think the show touches on that a bit. Space law? Really? That's cool. And then um, recently they uh, were fielding candidates to, you know, populate Space Force with. And they received 8,500 applications from currently serving U.S. Air Force. Yeah, I mean, when they discover the Stargate, like they already have, who's going to go through first is Space Force, so you want to get in line now. Well, that's what I was wondering, too, because this is the first branch that's been established since the Air Force in 1947. And so what would the next one be? Would it be oh, Dimension Force? force? <laughs> time Force. Yeah, Time Force, Dimension Force. Space and Time, yeah, Time. The Time Force, we're patrolling, uh, Star Trek already told us this in the 26th century when they invent time travel. Oh, maybe it would be like Mars Force once we set up a colony Wait, or Moon it, Force. I thought about Mars Force already, but Mars Force, I think it's more interplanetary force there. Once we're actually colonizing and making a, making a force, it needs to be all the forces. So I don't know, Mars Force. 
and it probably and it's like you have to have your Uranus force and Pluto force and planetoid force and sun and then, force. We're the sun force. We protect the sun from all all sun related problems. No. Okay. 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 <laughs> if it was the sun, that'd be the nah. space force. I'll give you that. Nah. <laughs> but the planet. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like Mars force. You you stop that shit. All right. Well, I just thought this was a fun story because they actually expected around 7,000, but they got 8,500 applicants, which is way above what they expected. So that's awesome. They're going to have to pick uh, 6,000 candidates to staff their new Space Force with. I like how Space Force is not in space. It's going to be somewhere like this is the next the next Space Force base in Utah, somewhere next to the 7-Eleven. I don't know. I think it's it's an interesting idea. Obviously, it's it's not the most feasible idea at the moment, given our level of technology. But I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Might we're as well it. get started on militarizing space. Might as well put some Guts. flags up there. <laughs> space Force. Uh, I was reading a story about pretty much um, psychology, and you know how they always do studies that we all just—it's sort of, it's like those basic things that you already know, but then someone studies it and proves it. Oh, so this this is like another one right here again. And so my favorite one of those is when uh, Earth had a satellite on either side of the sun, and they both took a picture at the same time and proved that the sun is round. Yeah, <laughs> or that other psychological study where it was proved that white people like being called the N-word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all know that, <laughs> but someone actually has to sit there and study it. And so these guys, the uh, the, the guys at the University of Miami and New York University, they studied humans and uh, via lab rats, basically. And they found humans, just like lab rats, lab rats seem happier when they experience more novel environments. Or pretty much when they <laughs> when they explore more, yeah. Okay, and that makes you happier, and it's like, yeah, that makes sense, this type of deal. And so here's how they kind of figure that out. So the researchers, they um, oh, well, so yeah. I have a question: Is this one oh, of yeah. those headlines that grabs you, and you're like, well, duh? But as you read more into it, you you peel back the layers of this onion and find fascination. Mm, not really. I mean, a little <laughs> bit in that. In that it does say that when you kind of explore new areas, it almost triggers that pleasure center a little bit. Okay. And so, and actually, the, the comments of this article were kind of funny because people were saying I, there was a dude who said when he stopped smoking, he started learning more information. And every time he learned something new, it almost gave him that small little like bit of adrenaline that almost a cigarette would do. Huh. And maybe this is like something similar to that. Like, here's how, how I kind of link it. Like, I've noticed. When I play video games, one of my favorite parts is just exploring the new world I'm in. If there's a map that if you go to that area, then the map uncovers. That's like the first thing I do is just explore the whole map and see all the weird different things. And I'm almost wondering if that's triggered to the whole idea of like you found a new area. It goes, oh, yeah, like a little pleasure center in your brain goes, oh, sick. I found a new little area. Neat, pretty much. Like it's almost like the neat little, oh, that's cool. And then you, you keep exploring that feeling or something. That's, and so here's how they yeah. kind of like uh, basically figured it out. Like here's again, not just like their study. So the researchers tracked uh, the movements of more than 100 participants over the course of three months. And then during that time, they completed mood questionnaires every other day. And then on the days that participants visited more places that they'd never been to before, they re- reported an increase in positive mood. 
<laughs> it's still kind of like that data is just all kind of survey based, you know. So like they're said like, oh, and since it said eight, that means this is a fact. It, it's more, but it's still kind of like a study that kind of points toward that area. And it also mentioned too that the um they scanned the participants' brain using a MRI, ah. and the participants who had greater improvement in mood when they traveled around also had greater function connectivity between the two brain regions which is a source associated with uh, processing and novelty detection. And so again, that kind of like, this is basically a, a, a big brain way of explaining why you feel kind of a sense of accomplishment or happiness when it like, like if you're exploring on a hike, right? And you see some, something you've never seen before, like some waterfall or something. It's almost like that. I just discovered this like, Oh, and, <laughs> especially if you're in space like i almost feel like humans in general are so narcissistic it's almost that idea like especially space is the final frontier where if you go to space it's like i discovered this this comet it's mine i discovered it so you, then that that little in your brain thing kind of gets more pulsed and then you can name it after yourself too. well that's why people go on vacation they want to experience something new and that's why you uh take a different route to work that's why uh you know you, you mix up your order from time to time it's the novelty of breaking the routine that's funny you say that. that's funny because I, I usually don't change my order that much at restaurants and then every once in a while i get the wrong order and sometimes it's blow my mind because it's something different that i never would have ordered but having experienced it sometimes i'm like oh, i'm gonna try it that way now type of deal and so again it's something we've all known but now it's kind of more proof that i guess experiencing more things and doing more things in theory could make you happier so how long after the experiment did they kill these rats to examine them Almost immediately, pretty much all these all all these damn stories is like, and then the rats died right afterwards. They didn't have to die, but they killed them anyway. They just had to. They drowned them and watched them die. Like they're all. It's always horrible things with these. It's like they're always nice to the rats, and then the story is like, and then they died two days later. And they killed them. No, they did. They didn't have to, but they did. All right, folks, I've got your next favorite game: Australia or Florida. All right. I'm going to give that a clap too. <laughs> so I want, I want to go on a rant that like I have famously always said Florida in these things, except last time this was played, it was Australia and I did call it. So I think I'm now back to 50, 50 of, I'm going to actually listen now. If you're not familiar with this story or with this game, I am going to tell you a story and you have to guess whether it took place in Florida or Australia. So let me set the scene for you guys. You're in bed sleeping comfortably when you're woken up and you see two men holding machetes standing on either side of your bed. They ask you. I was going to say, already this sounds, it could be either one. <laughs> they ask you, are you Kevin? What do you do? I say no. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say no. <laughs> No, definitely no. <laughs> or be like, yes. <laughs> like, what if, the, what if the right answer is yes, and you have to say, "I am Kevin." So these two guys with machetes woke up this dude in bed, asked him if he was Kevin. He said no. And then they're like, "Are, are you? You're not Kevin?" And he's like, "Essentially, get the hell out." And they ended up talking. Turns out. Those two guys were there to fulfill someone else's sexual fantasy. Oh, wow. Whoa. So. This is the one time I wish we had a camera on our faces while we recorded because 
my eye, I didn't say anything, but my eyes shot up wide. I didn't see that going that way. I, I don't know. I was like, this was a hit, but we decided not to kill you. They were paid to show up to this gentleman's house, tie him up, and stroke him with a broom. That was his sexual fantasy, was to be tied up and stroked with a broom while in his underwear. <laughs> Again, I wish there really is a one time for everything, man. We got, we, we got to wish we got to start our face. I see Mr. E's face. Uh, I see my own face <laughs> in the screen. We're like, like, all right. We're like, what are you saying to us right now? Like, this is kind of a shut. I've already sitting there thinking about like, holy shit. Can you, like, I thought you were just saying, yeah, they're going to tie him up and fuck him with the broom or something. Which, and so what if they, what if, what if they just like fucking, what if that was just Kevin? What if that, what if, what if they just did it? <laughs> so it turns out. <laughs> The two gentlemen with the machetes had the wrong address. Yeah, I assume that. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, there's. I, I guess I have two questions for you. Australia or Florida? And how I've much like do you think... I've that game even. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of these stories. It was so traumatic to me, the whole story. How much do you think something like that would cost? Oh, if you were God. the one ordering... <laughs> that that hit. So first, last time I think we went Mr. E for Australia or Florida. Let's go with Max this time. First, what do you think, Australia or Florida? I'll tell you my thought process really quick. When he first when he said the word machete, I thought Australia. Period. Just because that seems like a more machete area. <laughs> but then since you said the whole weird plot, like to for some fucking and someone. From brooming, I guess someone's gonna get broomed to death. Not even to death. Okay, so so I'd say I'm gonna say Florida because that seems too weird, and I think machete is a throw off. So Florida. <laughs> All right, Mister E. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I think I'm gonna. I have to be. I don't know. I gotta trust my gut, and I have to say Australia for this one. I don't know why, but I don't know. Kevin sounds like a common name in Australia. That's what I'm <laughs> going. <laughs> All right. What if his name was also Kevin? <laughs> like, my name is also Kevin. <laughs> right. Get ready for a wild night, Kevin. So. I know. <laughs> um, this story comes from you, comes to you from Australia. Hey, Sydney, lame. Australia. Lame. All right. I trust my instincts with the machete. The machete gave it away. Now the Did real question. Where they were going to stroke him, by the way. And no, it the article <laughs> just says like back of your neck or something. Was it a clean broom or like a dirty broom that's used in like men's bathrooms or some shit? Was it like sterilized clean? Well, here's the, oh, okay. So there's more to this story. Uh, this happened back in July more. 2019 when these guys broke into this house and yada yada. Um, the gentleman that was woken up accidentally wasn't necessarily alarmed in the beginning when he saw his uh, his lights on in his living room because he has a friend come over every morning to make coffee. So whatever, move past that. And, and tie him up and put it with a beat him with a broom. Next, He's like, you guys are machete, so you guys aren't the right guys. Well, so um, he, these two guys with the machete stuck around long enough to chat with this dude who eventually got, you know, cops involved. <laughs> and these guys went to trial for breaking and entering. And, you know, I don't know what they call it over there, but essentially brandishing a weapon and blah, blah, blah. Breaking and entering. I think, is it enter and break? Right. 
What's an Australian term? I can't think of something. Part, part, down under. Breaking and undering down under. Dingo. Anyways. A dingo bronconenta. Um, but they are recently acquitted. The judge was like, I see the mix up here. I'm not going to hold it against you guys because this is a super weird situation. And there you go. Kevin showed up at the witness stand like, yeah, no, that was me. Sorry about this. Sorry, this is a huge misunderstanding. I was the one who wanted to get broomed, not him. Like, so please. And I hired these gentlemen. Oh, yeah. How much was the money? That was that was the whole thing, too. How much was that? That um, is the next question. What do you think it is, Max? That is. That's how much so... did that cost to get tied up? Or excuse me. I, I, here's another part. I don't understand why the story mentions the broom, but it says nothing about machetes. So there's clearly a lot more sexual kink here <laughs> that we're not privy to. I'd like to know more about oh, that. Oh, of course. No, you, this is like, I was going to say at one point, like, I know this is a vanilla story that you had to read, but there's <laughs> so much ass pounding in this, in this story that's not being discussed where it's like, you better be Kevin or you're getting the, you're getting the broom. If you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then he just had to like defend himself. Like, Jesus Christ. I'm really, I am not Kevin. Holy shit. Like, because, like, what if what if they were like, okay, you break into the house. You ask that their name is Kevin. He's going to say no. He's going to say no. You you just accept that they say no, and then you just keep going. It's like, what the fuck? Like, so good thing you figured it out. Okay. Um, All right, so how much does it cost? Dumb. These guys seem way dumb, so they're not pricey. I, I'd say $1,000 or less. All right. $1,000. Mr. E? $150. $150? You guys they're are. Dumb. These are bad, low-tier shit. You guys are way underestimating it. This guy was willing to pay five thousand dollars if they did a good job. What? Uh, <laughs> I know. So it's contingent. Jesus. <laughs> well, you know what though? That's like a way to get out of any contract. You do a good job, I'll give you extra. And then when it's done, it's like well, you didn't do a good job, and then you just you never have to pay it. I don't want to know how you measure doing a good job. You know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this: you know, they didn't do a good job. Bad. <laughs> get the get the right address. Oh yeah, there's a whole a mix job. up because he moved out of that address like I don't know ten years ago or some shit, and like I don't know, people be seedy. I have another study on mice. I guess I'm, there's a bunch of mice studies coming out recently. Oh, this one's kind of it's kind of cool. It's about their uh, dietary uh, pretty much intake and their and like how it can help people live longer. So I guess it's like hmm. a, something we already know that if you kind of reduce your caloric into, intake, pretty much be on a diet your whole life, you're going to live longer. And so they figured this out in rat. Uh, wait, 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 if wait. You, What? Yes. Yes. If you eat less, you, you will live longer. Pretty much not, not malnutrition, but just uh, a restrictive diet. Yeah. Because hmm. they, they basically gave some of these mice, like the ability to eat as much as they want. Versus other ones they have on restrict diets, and they notice those mice live longer than the ones that just sit there and eat whatever they want. I mean, mice are just animals, right? Kind of like think of a dog, right? If you just like had a bunch of treats right there, it's not gonna be like I better, I better slow oh, down. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna keep eating like <laughs> the treats and go crazy. So like the mice are like that too, just like certain people. And so they figured this out, right? That uh, reducing a uh, calorie intake can help us live longer. And so they figured this out with the mice. And so hmm. this new study now is thinking about what if a mouse ate like shit for like the first like two thirds of its life. And then the last third, it went to like a nice diet and stuff. Would it live longer? So do you test that by just giving it crap to eat for the first two? Pretty much is like they, they let the the mouse eat whatever the fuck it wanted for the first two thirds of its life. And then the last third, it gave it a restrictive like diet. And long story short, what they figured out is, yeah, 
if you basically have the restricted diet your whole life, you're going to live longer. And then if you have the bad diet and then go to the restricted diet, you're going to live a little bit longer. But for the most part, your, your, your fat cells remember the diet of their youth and they don't process the food as in like the diet as much. Jack in a box is hard to forget, man. Yeah, no, I read this as like, if you're fat in your youth, that's why your diet isn't working. Cause you're, you, you almost have to overcome a little bit of your cells figuring that shit out. And so, yeah, the researchers found that fat cells appear to remember the unrestricted diet and their functions seemed to program to their early life diet and they were not able to adapt completely to the new diet. Okay. That's like a nice way of saying just like pretty much the mice seem to like – the mice would live longer than the mice that would just eat unrestricted their whole lives. So the whole lives if they ate whatever they wanted, they would die like instantly versus the the rats that ate whatever they wanted. But then the last third of their life, they were on a diet. They lived longer. Hmm. But they still died earlier than the ones that were on a diet their entire life. I'm wondering how a sewer rat would test up to this, you know, versus these nice <laughs> white lab rats. Know, right? Yeah, these are these are still mice and rats and shit. So, I mean, I guess mice are supposedly really close to humans. That's why they're always studying it. That being said, this is still mice, not humans. So, this is not. You should still go on diets and be healthier, but maybe on some level, I, I kind of took away from this side this article the idea that if someone ate like shit you know in their youth and then later on when they're trying to lose weight or type of deal and they're having like a little bit of trouble maybe there is like a little bit to that in that maybe your cells are just are just not used to absorbing nutrients like this or being on less calories like that and so they don't function almost versus if you grew up that way they'd be just more primed to to fire at all cylinders that is fascinating because it is essentially you know you have to dig yourself out of your rut when you're trying to change uh, your diet, that is. Or habits or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So cellular memory. I wonder if cellular memory applies to uh, other things. Maybe it's more repetition, though, too. Because, again, you, a human's going to live a lot longer than a mouse or a rat. And so, in theory, if you ate like shit for your, you know, ten, your, I called them the tens. <laughs> you know, one <laughs> through ten or your twenties or something like that. But then at the same time, you live to be 90 and then you ate on a diet for 70 years. You're probably your cells would probably get used to it and absorb and probably be fire on all cylinders. Right. So maybe it's just a time thing, too. Like it's almost like sounds like too little too late. Like if, if you're 70 already and you're like, oh, I better eat a good diet now and get healthy. You know, you have 70 years of your body absorbing all the, the burgers and shit. It's probably, you know, you're going to get healthier, live longer. But all the. Well, that's a scary thought, shit. though, because your cells are yeah. creating more of themselves with that memory in mind. Does that mean they're encoding kind of genetic memory there? So you're passing on these habits? I think I mean, that, well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I that's mean, some I big brain no bullshit, but uh, no, scary the idea of genetic memory is kind of like, oh, it, I think it's just more of what your body is used to, I feel like, and just how long you live. So again, a mouse doesn't like lives a fraction of a time of a human does. I mean, as uh, Mr. E knows very well, genetic memory is why Ripley was able to remember herself in uh, Alien Resurrection. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Duh. Actually, Hello. Yeah. Any closing thoughts on the rats there? Um, just, you know, eat healthier. <laughs> it's, better than, it's, better than not, it's better than not eating healthier, pretty much. Stay in school. Stay <laughs> in school. Don't do drugs. Um, make money. Your parents. Make 
<laughs> um, Groundbreaking. <laughs> so I got a space story here. It's my last space story of the episode. Get ready, because I love it. So. Oh, shit. Setting the bar high on this one. I mean, you and I both talk about how mysterious space is. There's so many questions out there that we just can't answer. Definitely. I mean, I've been saying for years we live in a snow globe. But no, listen to me. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, for instance, one of those questions is, we know there should be more matter in the universe than we can account for. Uh, back to the whole dark matter thing. They just say dark matter because they don't know what to say. They're like, oh, it's out there, dark matter. So a new theory posits that the missing matter can be found between the galaxies. In the void? In the void between the galaxies, yes. Really? That's where they say most of the matter now resides. And they're not blaming dark matter. This is not a dark matter situation. So usually we think of the void as kind of a lifeless, starless void in between galaxies. Yes. But you're saying a lot of the matter of the galaxy is in the void. Correct. So does that mean there's just like, there's probably just like rocks and shit out there. Not necessarily. So what they're saying is the matter is comprised of baryons. Baryons? And baryons are subatomic particles that are comprised of electrons and protons. There's some special properties to them, but essentially they're very measurable uh, particulates. Okay. They're within our realm of understanding. I don't want to get metal from, but like, yeah, okay. So like particulates that are just existing in the void period everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, astronomers in Australia say, hey, this is a good Australia story. Don't tell me. Yeah, I'm bad pro Australia this episode, right? <laughs> they measured uh, fast radio bursts or FRBs uh, from other galaxies. And what those are is it's pretty much a radio signal that is sent out every now and then from another galaxy. And it travels across the void towards us. And we measure that radio signal. And based on the difference between the low frequency and high frequency waves of that radio signal, we can tell whether or not it's been interfered with by um, material. Now, let me let me let me clarify by all something. That. Yeah, like it just like that that signal kind of got disrupted. So, uh, low frequency waves are more affected, slowed down, essentially by uh particulates and baryons as opposed to high frequency waves for sure like am versus fm right like am bounces off the atmosphere fm higher frequency it, it penetrates the atmosphere and goes out into space exactly and so what they're saying here is that when we know a radio burst from another galaxy is coming at us then we can measure the difference in receiving the high frequency waves that get here first versus the low frequency waves that get here. Mm, and then by measure the difference. Yeah. And then we can calculate the, uh, the amount of lag and how much particulate is out there. So the void, instead of being empty is just full of just stuff. I almost want to call it a fluid, even though it's not, is it like everywhere that is it still like rocks kind of everywhere? Well, are you, are you almost, are you almost like making it sound like a radiation where it's literally the, Literally, almost like a 
for lack of a better term, like an air or an oxygen or a water, something where you you're always constantly touching and interacting with it. Well, or keep, is it concentrated? Keep in mind, this is based off a limited amount of study time, and sure. uh, this is just a theory. So, wait, this isn't your theory. You didn't invent this theory. No, 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 no. I invented what? this theory, but I'm giving these guys credit. <laughs> okay. So. okay, okay, yeah, okay, good. Um, no, but uh, ultimately. <laughs> Based on what they've measured so far, they think that everything we see with the naked eye, like our the, the other galaxies out there, the other planets, the other stars, blah, 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 makes up 5% of the known matter. Space is big. Now, there's there's some people discrediting that, like, whoa, more study is needed. You know, let's let's get a few more of these radio bursts and calculate the numbers a few more times before you can really lean on this theory. But mm-hmm. ultimately, that's a fascinating theory as to why there's sh- where actually the missing matter is. Yeah, where where is it all? Because I've heard that same shit too. Where it's just that's why dark matter is the it's almost like the magical term we've talked about a lot of the show. Where when in doubt, just say dark matter, and then the the problem goes away. Well, and that was one thing the article mentioned here. In the first, like, two paragraphs, they're like, not dark matter. It's not. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. Dark not matter. Dark. <laughs> so have you heard of Boston Dynamics? <laughs> well, I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> yeah, of course of- I have. They released the crazy. I remember in the beginning, it was a very clumsy uh, four-legged robot. Now. Yes. It's a very articulate, purposeful, and sometimes scary four-legged robot that can open doors and uh, traverse obstacles. Yes. No, Sean is right. Where It's one of those – every time I've heard of Boston Dynamics, it's those videos of the – We've all probably seen them. It's like a robot. It's a quadruped robot, a four-legged robot that it shows guys like kicking it and then it just – it adjusts its legs and stays standing. <laughs> it opens doors, and people are just like abuse it. It's, it just stays standing, kind of figures it out. And that's always that was from Boston Dynamics. Uh-huh. So by Boston Dynamics, they they've announced recently that Spot, pretty much the name for that quadruped robot thing, okay, is now available for sale for any company with good ideas. No shit. Yeah. Wow. So I'm thinking we should try to buy one. <laughs> you want to crowdfund that or what do you want to do you want to just start a leave a penny kind of thing in front of yeah, target yeah. yeah no one never have i seen such abuse of the take a penny leave a penny trade um <laughs> so boston dynamics describes spot the robot we talked about as a nimble robot that climbs stairs and traverses rough terrain with unprecedented ease yet is small enough to use indoors i so, so i'm going to show you guys a video later and then we'll have the audience watch it too if they want but it's basically like a the size of like a dog, pretty much. It's not like that huge mule one. I mean, we've seen videos in the past. It was like a huge mule, like industrial army size one to carry like men or something across the battlefield. Uh-huh. This is a very small kind of like cutie version of that. But at the same time, it has all of the years of technology into it. So this thing looks pretty cool. I mean, so, so let me read some of the specs. But yeah, 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 well, yeah. What can you do with this thing? You're just going to like. That's the question. I want to ask you that. That's yeah, exactly what I want to ask. Stand there and like, kick it and watch yeah. it not fall down. Like, what's the. Point? I'm glad you said that because that's kind of what I was going to ask you. But take time to think about it. I want okay. you guys to figure out what to do with this thing because that's actually why they're releasing it. One of the things they're saying is, well, we think people can use it for this, that, and the other. But we're releasing it 
I don't, I don't, I can't find the quote right now, but oh yeah, the the question we're posing to these early customers is, what do you think Spot can do for you that's valuable? We had some initial ideas, but it's all our thinking and hope is that the program will enable a whole new set of of users. So I like that they're like that that idea that they're releasing this, and they're almost they gave like one or two ideas how you could use it, but they're almost letting the public figure it out and come back to you with like a cool idea of like how to use it. And so, you know, I always praise your your design skills and stuff. And then Mr. Rio always has really good ideas too. So I'm saying like, if you guys are trying to figure out like a, what would you use this robot for? That's actually why I want you guys to watch the video later too. But I'll, I'll read some of the specs just to kind of give the audience something to think about. And so the robot can run 1.6 meters per second, which again, I don't know what that is in America. Um, <laughs> uh, it's but, from uh, Boston. The- what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, I don't even know that. I don't even know that's fast. Is that fast? Probably. I don't know. I don't know if I can run one point six meters. Oh my god! I'm dying over here. That's hilarious. Uh, uh, but uh, it has a ninety minute swappable battery using its uh, three hundred sixty degree lidar vision, which is the light detection and ranging system. Ranging system, and um, that can map interior and exterior environments in three dimensions. So Spot can freely walk and jump without bumping into static or moving obstacles. Spot can also track objects. More information about Spot is Spot is also durable. Uh, he's uh, durable against shocks, water, and dirt, and he's even capable of operating in sub-zero temperatures, so less wow, than really? negative 20 degrees Celsius. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. No, this thing looks cool, even though I, I like I was sat there and watched the whole thing, and the whole thing, and at the end of the day, I was like, I guess you could maybe get my beer for me. <laughs> so I was like, what would I actually do with it? I'm not sure. I'd almost treat it like a pet more, but I feel like some there's probably a lot of uses for it, honestly. It looks a really cool thing. Uh, let's see, what else does it say about it? Uh spot's also customizable and it can um it can handle a 14 kilogram payload. Whatever that is. <laughs> and um so I don't know how heavy that is. And oh yeah, they did give some ideas. They said they thought spot could be used in remote oil or gas facilities or construction sites. That could maybe be an idea, but I want to see some like home uses. Like, how would you use it, like in a house, like setting or something? It sounds like it'd be cool just to like hold, almost like a movable table, a table you can control and like walk with your shit everywhere, possibly. And they even talked about additional tools the robot could have. Like, the robot could be equipped with um, a camera with thirty times the optical zoom for detailed inspections, or extra computing power on the onboard module, okay. or an arm, an arm, or I like to call it a head that opens doors and grabs objects. So we've seen that too. So the thing could even like open a door and get into it and stuff. Okay. And yeah. Well, okay. So I have ideas, but continue. I'll say, yeah, I'm almost done. Like we're going to watch the video soon. Then I want to hear your ideas. Okay. But like, uh, basically the other thing is too, is they don't, they didn't give a price tag on how much this cost, but do you have it? Like give a, give a wild ball guess. If you had to Ooh. say, they kind of gave a guesstimation. Um, I would say, at, at least I don't, they've been working on this for at least 15 years or so forever yeah for a long time and uh they've gotten very good because they they built some big clunky stuff in the past so i think they've refined their process and they're coming in probably around the $500,000 range what do you think mr e huh I'm going to say I like that guess by the way. I'm going to say 100k. 
the like I said, the article didn't specify, and all it said was expected to cost tens of thousands of dollars. Is all it really? Said, which is still uh, that's almost lower than five hundred k. Price though, when you think about it, I mean tens of thousands of dollars for sure. Yeah. And one well, of the other, the I want to. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, you got some weather resistant materials there and some weather resistant mechanics, but ultimately what you're really buying is the the computing power and the programming to let it operate its limbs and withstand being pushed over in awkward uh mobility. Like, like that's really what like, you're buying. If you're some small time dude like building a um a wall in your backyard or, or like someone's backyard. Maybe you're a contractor, right? You're building a brick wall. Maybe that thing could. Well, hang on. Are we pitching now? Brick or or brick. are okay, we going to okay, watch sorry. the movie? <laughs> I'm going to pitch. Yeah, I want to pitch. Okay. But uh, so the last thing I'll say before I watch the video is um, you can't necessarily, the tens of thousands of dollars, these things are only for lease. You're not even buying them. Still. Oh, you're, still, you're still leasing them. So by the way, you don't own it. You just, you're leasing it. So it's still that kind of new where there's like early adopters and it's only like these big companies getting the little bit of access to it, but it's still for sale. It's still out there. It's still capable of, you know, doing stuff. So it's like, it's, it's going to start the article. Basically the headline was that it's like, it's, it's hitting the world. It's going to be out in the wild now. So but just start. Yeah. I want to, I want you guys to start thinking of ideas of how you would use the spot technology, the spot dog thing. So I'm going to, we're gonna find figure out a way to get the audience to, to figure out to watch this link. But I'm gonna send a link to Mr. E and Sean, and I want them to watch this. It's literally a minute and a half video of what all the things that Spot could do. And when we come back, I want us to just kind of literally just kind of theory craft of what you would do with Spot. If you, the listener, would like to watch this video, please go to our Instagram where it will be posted. That's where you can find the link, and you can watch this video and see what we're talking about here. We'll be back in a second. Okay, and we're back. Uh, Sean and Mr. E have both watched the video. I actually rewatched it too, and I'm glad I did because that's a really well-made video, and it's kind of crazy. It just shows up all the things this cool new robot can do. This is like the Tamagotchi of the 2020s, bro. Yeah, okay. So I was wondering what you guys thought you would do with it. I already have my own ideas. What would you guys do with this cool the, the robot? They're calling it Spot. <clears throat> what would you guys do with Spot? I have a list here. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We'll go back and forth with ideas. <laughs> yeah, what do we have? Whoever wants to go first. Okay. Uh, I want to integrate this thing with Lego. I want to. I want to make Ooh. it do some moving Lego stuff. Oh, I thought you just wanted to glue Legos to the outside. That's still pretty well, cool. <laughs> frankly, Lego has its own uh, Mindstorm system, which is a programmable uh, such and such. So you can program it to send signals to motors that move gears oh, really? and do things. You know, from there, oh, wow. it's, it's infinite. So I'm assuming, you know, you could put some, some contraption on the back of Doggo here and then send it off to do something Lego fun. I don't know. That was one idea. Dude, I like that. Although I almost like the idea of gluing Legos to it as a base. <laughs> and then you can always change what it looks like via Legos. You can almost like make a build a Lego dog or a Lego something on it that moved. A Lego sculpture. Uh, that's epic. Yeah, like give it a Lego base and then you can put – yeah. What do you think, Mr. E? One of my ideas is because you said they're constantly equipping it with new stuff is what if for like a homeowner it had a built-in smoke and carbon monoxide detector and that way it was oh. safe if anything – if any of yours went out. That's very that cool. Is, that's I love that one. That's a great yeah, one because yeah. I was thinking 
Um, obviously, I think this is great for security because it showed the flashlight. And so this could be like a, a mini like security guard that's just walking around looking for things. And if it sees, I don't know, something, maybe it just calls the cops or at least or maybe one security guard is wa- controlling ah. all the robots. And it could like it's like a roaming camera. But this carbon dioxide thing, I love that because that's almost like it's roaming your house. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My next one. <laughs> My next one here is uh, to jerk me off, obviously. Of course. Okay, let me cross that off on my list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, flashlight attachment. Yeah. Well, we I have, mean, we're... for sure. The you know the porn industry sells more of something than mm-hmm. anything. So. Uh, for sure. Let's get that out of the way. Yep. No, no. Yeah. Next mystery. Um, <laughs> yeah, mystery. Yeah. I also put that it could uh it could help. People in wheelchairs open doors and make their apartments oh. and their houses more accessible. Dude, the fact that they get open doors is insane to me, and yeah. I, I don't know how you use that power, but yeah, I like that idea of like a like a helper to them. They almost could sit there and go, "Open door, do this, do that." It's almost like a. It almost could take the the place of a dog in a weird way. This is like a kind of anything, anything you can think of like a dog that could do like grab you a beer or something like that this thing may be able to do. I have Broom that on my Hilda, list too. Grab, grab a beer. Broomhilda and I have been watching on the uh, Disney Plus thing um, something about seeing eye dogs. I don't know the name of the show or whatnot, but it's all about the uh, – it follows a group of pups as they're trained to be seeing eye dogs. And oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I mean, so they're very choosy about that. So if you can program this Boston Dynamics dog to recognize the same things that you – program essentially a real dog too i could see that being a viable solution i mean maybe like even like a blind person it would like if it's trying to cross the street maybe you could read the, i mean a dog could do that too but like read the signals and then when to go i don't know how it would do that but maybe you could do that or i'm trying to think if it opens doors for you I, I like that it had a flat surface so again back to like i'd probably be a fat ass and just put like a plate of food on it and nachos and have a party and just have the dog, I mean, the spot, just kind of walking around with a plate of nachos on top. Maybe with a, maybe like a a, heat, uh, a, a hot plate on top of that even. So kind of like a, a roaming hot Cheeto, not hot, hot nacho like dip thing that's roaming around the party. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I use it to carry my, uh, my laundry basket back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how heavy it's at 14 kilograms. I don't know. It showed a cinder block. Did you see that cinder block it was carrying? I was like, that was interesting. That's pretty heavy. I mean, that's not that heavy in the grand scheme of things, but now on par with your laundry here, I have a hold the flashlight when I'm camping or working on the car. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's so stupid. I'm going to buy a a, a $65,000 flashlight holder. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's going to power outages too. <laughs> you're you're leasing it, by the way. You're you don't own that's true. it. That's the one. That's the one thing I thought was really interesting. This whole thing, like it's tens of thousands of dollars just for like almost the the you know prestige to to have one, but you never you know you don't own it. This is a great marketing campaign because what they're doing here is saying instead of paying teams of marketers to come up with uh, ideas how to sell this product. We're going to have you pay us and tell you, and then you're going to tell us what you think it should do. It is kind of ingenious in a weird way yeah. because half the times people, they have all these focus groups and ways to try to design something. They release it, and then the public does what, the, what, what it wills with it anyway. So they might as well release it to the public and just see what it does and then try to market it 
to do that. I mean, there must be demand for it. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the most useful one I came up with was uh, it could be it's essentially a new ground level drone. If you can have that that arm yeah. on its back hold a camera steady, then you can eliminate the idea for a cameraman in all of these different types oh, of situations. That's a great idea for that, sure. I think that's the most useful one I thought of. You can like control the arm and the camera. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's still all about the controller. Like, I don't know. That's the one thing too. Like it is autonomous in some level, but, but, but how just, do you control it? If you want to control it too? No, no, you, you program it to stay a certain distance away from an individual or you give it GPS coordinates to track and then keep its camera trained on, you know, a, a signal in the distance, which is on your actor or whatever. I think it's very it's very doable, point being. For sure. My last thing I probably would do with it is I want to get – I think I need to get – let's see, one, two, three, four. I want seven of these spots. I'm going to create a suit out of them. Like uh, one on my chest, one on my back as a backpack, one on my leg, my other leg, my arm, my arm. I'm going to have to somehow cut them in half so they fit around. But it'll be like a suit of armor, you see. And <laughs> if people shoot at me, I'll be like, boom, 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 bing. And then I can just be like, go, spot one. And then I throw my right arm and like the this droid just like runs out, starts running at him and uh-huh. has an arm. And it's like, ah, and then the, my, my chest one pops out too. I'm just like, ah, and. And I could be like a superhero thing. Right? <laughs> right. You're going to have like an exoskeleton of these spots that support yeah, each other Chicago. and allow you to walk. Or how about in 10 years when they miniaturize the spot technology so they're smaller? I have a I have a suit of that. Oh, cool. And then I send like a couple of them out. Like I just have like instead of bombs, like a, a, what do you call them? Um, what's what Spider-Man's do... enemy? The, the green green uh green goblin, goblin. yeah i'll be like shooting like there'll be spot bombs just like throwing like ah and it gets on people's face like oh shit and they're just getting like <laughs> fucked up. i mean these things you probably like put them like they can launch things on them like you put like missile launchers and shit on them that's it that's all i have yeah my I can... last one yeah mobile wi-fi hotspot oh that's the winner uh... <laughs> that's the winner right there <laughs> Just constantly try to find signal related yeah, to you. Like, instead of going and walking a dog, you just walk the spot and you just sit on your phone on Wi-Fi while you're walking. <laughs> <and> I- <laughs> it like tracks everyone in the house to some degree where like if someone, if everyone's in the backyard, it'll kind of like wander to the kitchen area and just make sure your Wi-Fi is perfect. And then if you all go to like to the living room, it kind of wanders somewhere else to make sure your oh, Wi-Fi is perfect. Extender, yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's always making sure it's in the optimal place so your, your signal is always the strongest. I love that. That's actually cool. I wanted to just hold a trash can so I have some place to throw trash whenever wherever I am. Actually, my favorite is the flashlight installation, I think. Just plug it. <laughs> that's, that's the most human answer, I think. <laughs> Definitely. By the way, that episode of um, Seeing Eye Dogs is called Pick of the Litter. Disney Plus, if you want to check it out. Thank you for joining us this week. Yep. That's it. <laughs> yep. All right, well, thank you for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Please keep in mind we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discussed here, we encourage you to research them for yourself. Let us know if we miss anything. And as always, submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter, Instagram, at 
BTMT underscore podcast, and please rate and subscribe on your podcast app.